right. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode eight of Taking Stock. This is a hobby content collaboration between Sports Cards Live and the Sports Card Dad Network. It is Tuesday night, August the 1st, 2023. My name is Jeremy Lee, and that handsome fella right there is DPZ. What is going on, buddy? How you doing? Not too bad, my friend. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you. I am finally rested after a very busy and hectic week at the National. I want to thank everybody who joined us last time when we took stock of hobby content. And a quick reminder and a gentle ask, if you are not yet subscribed to the Sports Cards Live or the Sports Card Dad YouTube channels, please take a moment and do so. And as always, in any live stream that I am involved in, your comments and questions are in play. So DPZ, why don't we start right now with a few a few comments. We have a few people in the room already. Sushi Boy Edits, what is going on? Let's go. Michael Ham, got to see you at the National. Always a pleasure seeing this guy. Hobby News Daily in the house. Perk, got to see you. What is going on? Another 364 weeks until the next show. Clay Phillips, good evening to you. Frank Gastello. Jake at 90s B-Ball Cards. Frankie Gonzalez in the house all the way from Puerto Rico. Average Joe, what's going down? And Todd McDonald in the house. We got Orlando and we've got Jeff Hart. Orlando, I'm, I'm going to start off with this right, right now because I see a collector's dream. So, Dennis, one of the things about the National this year over last year yeah. is the size. I mean, historically, it's been like, 400,000 square feet. And I say historically, meaning back to like 2021, maybe okay. 2019, it got a bit bigger. 2020, we had didn't have it. 21, it got bigger. This time it was 600,000 square feet. So the show floor was so big, you could be walking it for five days and you could not run into half a dozen, a dozen people that you wanted to run into. So again, I've, I've seen on, on content that a collector's dream was there. I don't know if I met him. I don't think I did. I think if I did, I would have I would have been said, hey, I'm Orlando. I would have said, hey, I'm Jeremy. Nice to meet you. But right. that's one of the things about, about the National this year was there are, there's a lot of people that I was hoping to see that I know were there, and I just didn't see them and didn't get to say hello. So that's kind of an awkward thing where in the past, you would pretty much see anybody and everybody that you wanted to because it wasn't as big as it was this year. The thing was, it was it was a monstrous show floor. People were doing 18,000 steps during the day. So mm-hmm. you've been watching content, listening to podcasts since the show ended. Now, for everybody to, to understand, I was there. Dennis was not at, he was not at the National. So, but I thought it'd be interesting to do, to talk about it with him tonight on Taking Stock because, you know, I can answer some of his questions and he's going to have the take. His take is going to be, what he saw from afar any opening thoughts from you well that's that's exactly it i I feel like i missed out we talked about you talk about fomo i was kind of getting a little bit of that fomo feeling i wasn't there i didn't get to go i had other obligations that that kept me from going but you know to me my takeaway was it seemed like the hobby is in great shape there is a there's a, a how many people show up to an event like that, the engagement, all the content, there was a lot of content. I mean, it's hard to digest all of it, but from what I could see, 
is there were a lot of people connecting with one another. The hobby community is, is alive and well. You have a lot of deals taking place. There was a, everything was represented from what I could see. And I feel based on my observations of the people I, I was, you know, I've been watching, it seems really collector folk. There's a big collector contingent to it. Not so, and I haven't been to any of these nationals, right? So I, I can't speak with any confidence, but from what I could, what I've observed is that from the, the content I've watched in the past years to this year's, it seems like more collector focused. Am I wrong in that? I don't, I mean, I don't think so. It felt that way to me. What I was, the chatter I was hearing, the people I was talking to, the other collectors, the the vendors I talked to, like everybody was happy with the show as far as the transactions went, the volume, the interactions. You know, there the show had a couple of issues, but these were things that were out of anybody's control. Mike Petty says here, I saw no air conditioning. Well, there was air conditioning, but it was 99 degrees outside and there were 50,000 people in the room. I'm, I'm estimating. So it's going to be tough for any air conditioning to sustain that. And it got a lot better uh, on the on the Friday, Saturday. But Wednesday, Thursday were absolutely brutal from a just a comfort level perspective. So, you know, that, that's something to, to consider. Uh, but at the end of the day, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Now, it wasn't obviously ideal, but your collector comment. Yeah, I mean, tons of kids in the room, tons like. It was crazy how many kids there were. You know, I remember in the old days of card shows, like in the early 90s, you would go to a card show and you, like, the people looking at the showcases were three deep. Like, you had to, I'm lucky I'm tall. I can look over people and see, but you had to look through cracks to see showcases. And then, you know, you had the 2010s come around and it's not so hard. Now here we are. And it was like that again, almost from the day, from the moment it opened, until the end of Saturday. Sundays, Sunday people are packing up by 11 a.m., you know, but, right. but it was uh, to the point where you couldn't, like if you saw a, a booth that had nobody at it, you walked over to it because there are some cards you can easily see, some showcases that you could easily browse. Like it was busy. It was busy. And I didn't talk to any dealer that wasn't happy with the show. That One dealer told before the show even opened to the mm -hmm. VIPs, on, on the Wednesday, one dealer told me he'd already had his best national ever. I mean, that's that was pretty crazy to hear right there. Uh, here, Bargain Box Hunter says, too many corporate booths and not enough vendors changing for the worst. And I, I would the only thing I would say to that is it really depends on your perspective. That that's a glass half empty kind of kind of outlook. Not not to criticize it, but the way I think of it is, you know, you had to walk a little bit more. Yeah, there were a lot of corporate booths this time, but the, there weren't any fewer vendors. That's the important thing to understand. The, all There were still more vendors than ever before, and there were also more corporates. But I don't know if that means it's changing for the worse. If you don't want the corporate, like don't go to them. You don't have to go to that area. You can avoid it and just go to the card show tables if you want. And there were plenty. So um, I don't think, I mean, that, that to me is just kind of like a, you know, negative Nancy kind of comment. Jeremy, I don't think. Can I, yeah, Jeremy, can I circle back to the a comment you just made and some comments we're seeing in, in the in the the text right here? If what does it mean? Okay, there's a, there's a lot of young kids there. Obviously, that means that the hobby has youth, which would suggest there's going to be longevity there, right? But what's going to be different this time? 
you said the early 90s and there was that lull and then it's back again. You got young kids. What's going to keep it sustained where we don't get that big dip where everybody exits out, the junk wax era, everybody got tired, they moved on. How do you how how do you combat that? I mean, kids are going to get older. They're going to discover girls, you know, all the things that happened to, to many folks that collected in the mid to late 80s, early 90s and then moved on. What how do we how does that change this time around? That's a great, great. That's a really good question. I don't have the answer, but what I will say is that, okay, there's two things. First of all, it might be unavoidable. I mean, everything is cyclical, so we're going to see ups and downs, and maybe we're going to go now, you know, maybe the the last couple of years were a bit of an upswing towards more involvement, more people coming into the hobby. Sure, prices are down from two years ago, but but um, participation is up. Involvement is up. I believe transactional volume is up right now over what it was two years ago. So what are we gonna what do we have to do to avo- to avoid that? I you know what there's one thing I think that is almost gonna be a shield against that, and that is simply uh the proliferation of social media and content. There is I think content has something to do with and not just not what by content, I mean everybody on Instagram, everybody on Twitter. And of course, I say everybody loosely. There is a lot. There are a lot of people that don't do any social media in the hobby. So let me rephrase: all the people on on Instagram, all the people on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. These platforms are giving the hobby more exposure, and that in itself might help mitigate the risk that that we go into another dip like we saw in the second half of the '90s, that really lasted for quite some time. Uh, until it picked up again, at least, you know, in my, for my perception, you know, about 10 or 15 years ago. So, and then especially picked up a few years ago. So, and then also, Dennis also is the fanatics element. I mean, fanatics is this marketing machine that we haven't seen what they're going to do yet. We've seen, we've seen glimpses, but we haven't seen what they're going to do totally for this hobby, for sports cards and for sports cards. So we, time will tell, but I think that I think that we have less risk of a complete dip to where you know we lose eighty percent of participants. I think you're always gonna have attrition. You're always gonna have people leaving, and you're always gonna have people coming. But hopefully, more coming than leaving, and we have a net positive because, I mean, we I think we just all want it to be. We we want more and more. Listen, you also hear people say, "Why do we want the hobby to grow?" Well, I don't know. Growth is natural. Growth is good. Evolution is good. We're not. I mean. We have we have sliced bread and wheels and and everything else that comes along with it with it now uh, si- since those since those revolutionary uh, inventions. So, yeah. How, what do you? Yeah, think? We, I mean th- that was a great quote. I mean I just remember 2021, 20, maybe twenty twenty one more or less twenty twenty. You heard a lot. The narrative was you know Gary V's talking about all these you know more info- like influence very influential people and in, whether they be actors athletes they're going to start getting into cards and it's going to turn it into something you know it's going to you know you have no idea the kind of people who are buying into this now obviously that, that was a while back and you wonder it maybe that wasn't what was going to make it really transform the hobby and, and give it the stability that it really needs it's going to be this youth movement that because you think about all the young people young people are, are just they're growing up with tw- twitter tiktok all that stuff. They're not our age where we're like, we had to uh, you know, acclimate to it. Th- this is all they know. So that'll obviously change things. But there's a lot of great comments in here. There's some, there's a comment back there. I see something about how the dealer 
the the show is going to be smaller in the future some lottery meeting what time what, what time what time oh right here yeah colin yeah. murray at the at the lottery meeting we were told oh. corporate will be smaller more of a dealer show well i think the reason for that is because the cleveland venue next year I don't think it can hold, I don't think it's 600,000 square feet like the Stevens Center in Chicago. I was asking that question uh, to, I asked El Dorso, who is the head of the committee. He's not the person, he's the head of the, bo of the board of the National. Uh, had dinner beside him on, I think it was Friday night. And he said, yeah, Cleveland's smaller. So there's going to be fewer i think he i i don't want to i don't want to quote but fewer something whether he said corporate or vendors i don't remember but it looks like colin is saying uh corporate will be smaller so i mean that's yeah. a that's going to make some people uh very happy for sure that that's the yeah. case but in, it's interesting to note just because the chicago show this year was so big and had you know broke attendance records this is now the biggest card show of all time in the world uh, it's not going to break the record again next year because the facility simply can't do it. It just is not big enough. And I've been to the Cleveland National three times, and I love. I'll tell you. I'll t if anyone watching, if you've been there, you know what I've talked. What I'm talking about. If you haven't been there, this is good news. The room in Cleveland, the facility is my, in my opinion, easily the best venue for the National. From a, it's got super high ceilings, lots of natural light coming in. It's just, it, now, it's not close to the hotels. You're not going to walk across the street to Gibson's or Morton's or the Capitol Grill or your hotel. So take that into account. But the building itself is, I believe, the best one, uh, the best one in, in, the, in, the, in the system. Okay. Uh, JG, recent comment. All I heard was the content creators meeting up and congratulating each other on saving the hobby and how they are going to 10x the hobby. Well, if that's all you heard, you're missing out on some great content, JG. There's there's a lot more to it uh, than just that for sure. Uh, Jake says, Brett suggested Indianapolis. He said there's plenty of space plus hotel. Yeah, so plenty of space plus hotels is not all it takes. Uh, if you, it, there, there's so much you need. First of all, you need to be able to book two years in advance. The National does. And a lot of venues around the country won't allow for that. So there is a lot going on. It's it's not as simple as just pick a city. Why isn't it there? It just is not that simple. And um, I'm sure we'll get more information on that as the new management of the show, uh, you know, starts to really get their their feet dirty and getting into the swing of things uh, for next year. Because the while the the national like the board of directors is made up of dealers and vendors who've been doing this for a long time who care about the hobby. The, they then hire the management, like it's a third-party vendor to come in, and that's mm -hmm. what the that's what has changed going into next year is the management of the show. But yeah, be happy to go to Indianapolis. I mean, we'll be in Cleveland next year, and then and then I guess it's up in the air for the for the year after. Bargain Hunter, they installed air conditioning on Friday night. That's a fact. One guy fell and cracked his head. How is that good for the hobby? Well. It's not good for the hobby. It's not bad for the hobby either, though. Uh, it's bad for that one person, unfortunately. I yes. hope they are, they are okay for sure. Uh, Sebastian says, I don't know for you, but it looks like all internet were at the show except me. I'm not sure what all internet means. Uh, Michael Ham says, so I should invest in a food truck outside the Cleveland National. That's not a bad idea. I'm sure there will be some people who are who are there with one 
already. Brian says Anaheim. Yeah, so there was a show in Anaheim way, way back, and the record was just broken. And uh, But, you know, we have the Burbank show now that's in Anaheim, and it's coming up at the end of this month, beginning of next month. So lots of sort of interesting discussion around is the National going to do Anaheim ever again, or is the Burbank show and their and their promoters taking that over? And then, of course, the whole Fanatics events thing. You know, lots of I heard a rumor that the that Fanatics was acquiring the National. I heard someone who I don't think would really know said that, but I've also heard from someone that I think does know say that that's not happening. So, pretty yeah. interesting, interesting there. Mookie says, Jeremy, talk about your clientele this week. Did they spend more or less? Did they seem older or younger? I didn't have any clientele, Mookie. I was not set up as a vendor. I was there. I was there on my own, walking the floor. I was. I was there. You know, representing tag, tag grading. I spent about ten percent of my time at the tag grading booth, but that was about it. I was really walking the floor, talking to people, uh, enjoying myself uh, as I would at, at really any card show that I'm not set up at as a vendor. Bradley would love the national to be in Vegas. Lapper, good to have you. Orlando says old collectors don't want to travel to Florida. Yeah, I've seen, I, I was listening to uh, earlier today, I listened to the podcast, uh, Sports Card Nonsense, Mike, Je- Mike Gio and, and Jesse. And uh, they, they, were, they were saying that, you know, there's a lot of these older vendors that are grandfathered in that do no business at the show. Like they literally don't do any business or that, mm-hmm. that at least that they saw. And they just they come and have a good time and show their stuff. And right. yeah, I mean, my one of my rules for myself as a card show attendee is if you have a showcase with stacks of cards and top loaders with elastics around them in your showcase, I walk right on by. It just looks like a mess, unorganized, dusty. And, um, you know, I don't know how those how those how those vendors did, but I can't imagine that they did well because. There's so many vendors who are properly set up and organized with a nice display. So I wonder, Bargain Boxer says they reduce vendors for Cleveland, more corporate booths. All right, that's the decision that has been made if Bargain Boxer uh, is speaking from an informed perspective, which I just don't know. I don't know who Bargain Boxer is. Bob's Big Boy says that Cleveland is two times the Stevens Center in exhibition space, 1.2 million square feet to 560 for entire Stevens first floor. Interesting. That's not what I heard, but I don't know. Maybe I can't speak. I can't speak to that Bob's big boy, but talking to the, to uh, the management of the national, that's not the understanding that I had, but I hope you're right. I really hope you're right. Mike Petty says last show in Anaheim, 1991. Yeah. You got a beautiful 71 Clemente. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, anything you'd like to you'd like to ask Dennis or any 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 uh, content you've seen that 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 has made you ask questions or wonder what's going on? Anything at all? Yeah, I was curious. And we talked about this pre-show. I was curious from my perspective, not being there. And it was a comment earlier in there said it seemed like everybody was at the national except for me, based on what you're seeing on Instagram and, and YouTube. And I feel your sentiment there. I, I felt like I was the only one that wasn't there. Um, very excited to go next year, but yeah, I had that feeling. Um, one of the things I was curious about or curious about was for those of you that were there and you, Jeremy, um, what did you, I mean, did you, when you're talking to dealers and what did you notice? Was there more modern cards moving? Was there more, you know, the nineties, 
was it more vintage? Is there a certain segment like hockey, baseball, basketball, football? Um, what was really popular? What was moving? Like what was the talk of the hobby or of the, of the convention when you were there? If there was anything at all. Yeah. Well, from, from, my, from the shoes that I was walking in the, what I would say was, and the people I talked to, there was a lot of, lot of action on autographed vintage cards, vintage baseball, basketball. Mostly I didn't hear anyone talking about football. I did, don't think I heard anyone talking about baseball, uh, sorry about hockey, but um, that's kind of what, what the, what I was hearing. But again, I, I kind of, you know, was, was, walking in the circles with some of these vintage people who, mm -hmm. you know, fellow collectors who like that stuff. Um, not, not what I personally was looking for or looking at, but to the other part of your question, you know, everything was represented and I think everything was moving because I didn't talk to it. Like now I didn't, the dealers that have the stuff that doesn't sell, I didn't stop and talk to them. I, I didn't spend my, that's not where I spent my time. The dealers I did talk to that had, you know, not, like, nicely presented vintage cards i mean when i could talk to them they were busy they were selling you know modern was selling 90s i know 90s was selling because i saw people showing me what they were what they were buying so you know baseball still dominates the room i'm not saying it, it's the majority but it certainly is the the sport that has the most cards tons of that tons of baseball basketball football my fellow hockey collectors, I heard some say, you know, there's more hockey here than they were expecting, but I heard others say there's very little hockey here. And I was saying, you know what? It's there. It's just get, it gets drowned out amongst everything else. But if you look for it, you will find it. And if you took it all and put it all together, you'd have a pretty darn nice selection of, of hockey. And then, you know, then you've got everything else. You got F1, you got wrestling, you've got, you've got uh, tennis cards. I wasn't looking for that, so I don't really. I saw one table all F one, saw wrestling cards, maybe saw a couple tennis cards, not a lot. Saw one showcase; it was all vintage Disney cards. I thought that was pretty cool, like like vintage Disney, like maybe from the sixties at, at, at them as the most recent. So lots lots of stuff, uh, lots of stuff there. Okay, Bargain Boxer has something I'm not going to agree with. Says uh, this was not a buying show. That's yeah, I will disagree. That's just wrong. He says cards were 100 to 200% of comps. I mean, if it's not a buying show, then how did so many people have their have their best show? And 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 like it just it just doesn't make sense. I guess it depends what you're looking at, I, I really. So, um but he has to please his sponsors, Bargain Boxer. This show has no sponsors. You uh <laughs> Okay. I'm on the, I'm on the show Bargain Boxers. We have no sponsors yet. I'm still yeah unsigned so no that, that's fine some people <laughs> some people just li like like to some people just like to make comments like that but um okay mookie chilson says what's the big takeaway for tag coming out of chicago went really well for tag exceeded expectations sold out our capacity uh and 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 from what i was told many people who came and saw what we were doing wanted to wanted to ask if they could invest in the company i don't know if there's a really that's a good. better validation than that when people yeah. uh, and some, some names that you've all probably heard as well I uh, wanted to invest. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, ladies man says not for all, but for some, I think location to the average cost of travel will dictate where you can hold this. The only thing, honestly, and I know from talking to the, to the highest ups at the national, the only thing that dictates where it is, is what convention centers in what cities can accommodate this for various reasons, not just size. It has to do with, it has to do with size. It has to do with parking. It has to do with accommodations. Mm -hmm. 
but it also has to do with when it can be scheduled, when there's room, and a few other things that I don't remember, but that I know are tougher logistically for the for this group and this event to be anywhere. It's uh, but we'll we'll get that information uh, soon enough, I am sure. Uh, West, I like this. West Texas says I like disorganized displays. Usually better deals than the pristine ones. Yeah, I I, I think there's probably truth to that. Uh, for me though, I just I don't want to I don't want to have to look through dusty old. I don't like dusty old top loaders. I don't want. I just I don't know. I don't want to be getting be getting into those myself. Jake says there was a really good variety this year, especially in comparison to prior years. I heard that. I've heard that too. That the overall, uh, the overall assortment was really, really strong. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Hobby News Daily says uh, bargain. Yes, the casino company owns the license to future cards. People chase a now card. I'm not sure what that's getting at. Uh, Grotman Cards says I have no data to back this up, but it felt like there was less vintage than I've ever seen at a national. Although it was still the most popular item there. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the, the the regular vintage vendors that are always there, most of them that I that I know from, you know, this was my, what, 15th national, something like that. Most yeah. of them were there. The few that died over the past couple of years were not there, but there were several there, especially in the old, the old room and the old room near the entrance. That whole, you walk in the main entrance and you look ahead of yourself, there's that whole, that whole section is always very vintage heavy. And it was, again, this time. Stuke says Clemente was a big seller. West Texas says 90s inserts were hot at the show. Collector's Dream says many vintage dealers I spoke to said it was their best show ever. Yeah, so, I mean, someone said earlier it wasn't a buying show. Uh, That person just, I don't know, probably just missed out or something. Hobby Champ says, did you get to experience any of the trade nights? The only trade night I went to was the Wolfpack trade night. And um, I could only stay for the first half hour. I had three events. I had six events that night. I got to three of them. And um, so I was there for the first half hour. And I must say that that group put on what turned into being, uh, and I saw some content after, it was it was a very well laid out and prepared and uh, organized trade night. But Dennis, I saw that it kind of turned into a bit of like a party, not like a crazy shaker, but like, a fun, not just a trade night, a trade night with some with some fun, with additional fun besides just trading, I guess. And I think that'll become a an annual event. This Facebook user says the hockey is there. You just got to work for it. You got to look for it. Definitely. Ladies men says soccer was running hot there. I, th- I think that that's good to hear. Not something I collect or look at, so I wouldn't have been able to comment. Mookie says it seemed like last year was a coming out party for whatnot. Was there any such storyline for any brand this year. Well, I don't know if it was a coming out party, Dennis and Mookie, but what I noticed, because his booth was close to where I was hanging out a bit, was uh, Evan Mathis's booth for his company, Card Seer, Card S-E-E-R. He had a huge okay. booth with a bunch of tables set up with laptops on them and uh, like comfortable chairs. And I'm not exactly sure what Card Seer is. I read the all the roll-up banners they had, and I couldn't quite understand what they were, what what the what the what the business is. But I don't know if it was, if it was a coming out party, but they had a monstrous booth, and uh, it seemed to be busy at times. So maybe, maybe that was, maybe not. 
I, I'm just not sure. Did you hear anything, Dennis, about any companies that really had a, a great showing there? No, I, I mean, you hear about the big, the big ones, but <laughs> no, I didn't, uh, I was, it was more of a focus. It wasn't so much in corporate for me. It was, um, the experience again, I, what I take away from most of this is the, is the community aspect, seeing everybody meeting up all the pictures everybody's taking. I mean, Spinatron sounds like he best, he basically took a photo with every collector that was there. I and mean, he was just, it was nonstop. That was exciting and cool to see. That's the kind of stuff that I gravitate towards because I think it's, it reminds me that this hobby is there's a big community out there. It's very alive and well. And um, that's the aspect of it that I feel like I missed out on. But um, no, I, I, I didn't, I haven't heard anything about any particular sponsor and their, their setup. It is interesting that Evan, Evan Mathis was there because, you know, all that stuff that went on, I felt like he was basically giving himself a, a an awareness tour um, before um, launching his company with all that trimming stuff. But hey, it made for good content. Can't complain. Yeah. I asked him at one point, I said, hey, has anyone come up to you about your trimming video? And he yeah. kind of, he sloughed it off. He said, he said, and, and by the way, Evan's a very nice guy. Like he is, he's yeah. a very friendly person, despite what you might think about him for his trimming and his video. And that's, that is, I mean, listen, I have my opinion on that, but he's a, he's just a nice person uh, was my takeaway from talking to him. But with that said, uh, he said, I said, did you, did anyone come up to you? Like any, was anyone mad at you? He said, nah, he goes, you know what? He said, he said, he said that video only had 4,000 views. Hardly anyone saw it. It doesn't, people don't even care is kind of what, what he said. And I, I, okay. I just said, okay. You know, we, and, and walked on my way with, I didn't want to get into it with him, but uh, I thought that was interesting. Hobby news daily. I think this is Ziggy must be Ziggy says, I want better, not bigger hobby. I, I listen, I can't argue with that. Um, and I think we're, we might get both. We might, might get both. Stuke says he saw an unopened 30s hockey bag. I didn't see that. So I did not see that. Uh, Ziggy, I don't know when we will know the winner of 2025. I think maybe, I think I heard October, which seems a little bit long, but uh, I have no idea why. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Michael Ham says Tag had the best giveaway. That's cool to hear, Michael. Appreciate that. Bargain Boxer says uh, Chicago wins 2025. I hope so myself. That's where I'd like to, to see it there. The professor says influencers who were at the national. He says the nationals. It's not nationals. It's not plural. It's an event. It, it's a card show. It's the national. Having been posting, it is not a buyer show. There were there was no or very little Bowman baseball. They suggest going to local local card show to buy is better. And, and just keep in mind, everybody, whether it's an influencer or anybody else, you know, that's only one person's uh, experience at the show. And I can only speak to my experience and the people I spoke to as well. All right. Uh, James likes the messy tables as well. M. Monty, is there any truth to the rumor that Dennis didn't attend the National because he spent all of his budget prior to the show? I was told he took advantage of a new hobbyist and scored a really big card and i, I kind of know the background on this dennis can you speak to that please no i definitely didn't take advantage of anybody it was a very fair deal and a very experienced hobbyist that jeremy actually knows really well and he, he came to me via jeremy from uh, uh reference but uh no it, was, it wasn't why i wasn't able to go although i probably after picking up that card i wouldn't have been able to buy anything um but no i i, I might have brought some stuff to sell maybe but even so i i no, it was, I had a, a, a family obligation that I had to attend to. And, and so it, it just didn't work out this year, but no, definitely scored a big card, but I, I, I wish I, there's, I, I don't wish I, I have never taken advantage of anybody, honestly, on eBay. I think 
I'm yeah. It, he's kidding. I mean, he's the one. Oh, he's I the know, one you I bought it from. It, he's the one you bought it from. Oh, West, oh okay. <laughs> West West Great. Texas. West Texas says, Jeremy, not card related, but digging that Vectrex behind you. That is an original Vectrex right there, everybody. Thanks for noticing, West Texas. That's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome for sure. Mr. Davey says, best national ever. So happy with what I picked up. That's that's great. Chad Shipper, great seeing you too. Thank you for the gift. I'm going to I'm gonna share it when I do uh, an episode and I show my uh, my pickups, which I got to tell you, I didn't pick up. I only... I only like bought four cards, two are cash and two are cash trade. But I came home with more than just four cards, which I'll, I will definitely show another time. Michael Ham says the Wolfpack was a party with a DJ. Definitely. My buddy, Sam, good to see you, bud. John says, I enjoy hearing Yager push my Nathan McKinnon cards. <laughs> yes. And Todd McDonald says, did you get a chance to chat more with Yager after the camera was turned off? So in the if you notice in my Yager interview, which is five minutes and 20 seconds, there's a cut. There's one cut in that video, and I had to cut it out. I had to cut something out because I like totally messed up and I said something that completely wasn't true. Like, I didn't know, I had no forewarning that I was going to interview Yager. I was literally I was being interviewed on the Dave and Adams white yeah. couch where they were doing content all week long. And as we're wrapping up. Yager walks by and he's right in front of me and they're like hey Jeremy you know thanks for taking the time I'm like Yager legend you know I do that and then and then you know everyone looks and he laughs and his, his buddies laugh and then they're like all right well thanks again Jeremy for doing this you know appreciate your time like guys I gotta go and I like bolted off their couch and I I, I kind of got caught up to Yager and I politely said hey you know I've you know been following you for a while do you mind if we have a quick conversation I record it He's like, yeah, no problem. So we do the we do this little short five minute, and I guess it was I guess I cut out twenty seconds, but I wasn't expecting it. I didn't have any questions in my mind. And at one point, I say to him, and this is completely wrong. It's almost the opposite of the truth. I go, so, so Yarmir, you spent your whole career with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and right away I'm like, no, you didn't. You were there for you. You spent. He played for like nine teams. So I, I know, did have a green part. And he go, he goes, no, I, I go, you're right. There was even the traveling Yagers. I mean, he played it. He played for my team. He played for the Calgary Flames. So just a brain fart. But so I said that, I said that. And then, and then he goes, oh, it's okay. I go, oh, that was my mistake. He goes, everybody makes mistakes. So we continue. And then I, then I, I, you know, cut back into the, to the interview. After we're done, we chatted for a few more minutes and he goes, he goes, he goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, you effed up. But he said the word, he goes, yeah, you effed, you effed up. I go, I know, man. I go, yeah. I don't know. So that, that was pretty funny. But yeah, we did chat a bit more after that, Todd. Uh, Ziggy says, Mike and Jesse say a lot of things and don't cash the checks they write. I'm sure dealers have their opinions of flashy geo breaks attacking the dealers. I don't know what that's all about. I can't really speak to that. Thank you, Hobby Champs. CC says, hypothetical question. If you could only pick one show to attend, Expo or National? Oh, that's a tough one for me. Yeah. I. You know what? I'm going to say national, like Expo is my favorite, but national, there's just so many more people. And I love seeing the people. It's all of like, Dennis, you walk around the show. I talked to a couple people who said that like, they didn't even look at cards. They walked around and just looked at the people watching and talking to people. And they had a great experience. And two people told me that. And um, I looked at cards, but I also, you know, you know, Every, couldn't couldn't walk 10 steps without someone saying hello or me seeing someone to say hello to 
And that really made every day so, so, so cool. So much fun. The Mangini, yeah, it was nice to meet you, John Mangini. I am taller in person. Uh, you're, you're, you're handsomer in person, Mr. Mangini. So good, good to see you. Hobby Champ says Evan Mathis should be on Sports Cards Live. Hey, you never know. You never know. Mookie Chilson, finish this sentence. The 2023 National mark the year that the hobby. I don't. That's a tough one, Mookie. Great question, Dennis. I guess you're not really in a position to answer that. Uh, you no. you weren't there, but nope. gosh, Mookie, I'm gonna have to think about that and, and come back to it. I apologize. Candid Yager was refreshing. He was definitely very, very candid. Okay, Michael Ham says, I videoed the machine at Cardseer. Again, that's Evan Mathis's company. It looks like a scanning machine of slabs. The matching was crazy. It will be in my next video. Check out Michael Ham's YouTube channel, everybody, and uh, check that out. Check out uh, what we're talking about right there. Uh, JG says, everyone talks about 10Xing the hobby. Do they realize card prices won't 10X in price? I don't think it's about the pricing JG when they, I think it's about the participation, the participants. I think that's what it is. I've heard Michael Rubin say that, you know, most sports fans are candidates for being collectors. Yeah. It doesn't mean prices have to go up. It just means more volume. And now you think the more, the more demand, the higher the prices might go. And that's your typical supply demand curve. But I think they will, they might satisfy that just with more supply as well yeah, to meet that demand so i think that's always the concern you worry about you, you worry about the hobby getting so big but then you worry about the, the you know, capitalistic nature of all these businesses they're going to want to capitalize on that and 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 profit from it so i'm just looking for a nice healthy stability you know where the collector and the hobbyist are enjoying it in a real authentic way where you know the print runs will they don't over i i almost feel like can we have the same print runs and scarcity that we had from like what 2095 to 2010 or whatever or 2003 or 2004 whatever that time frame was where, where the print runs were you know more subdued and still have the same amount of participation although i don't i know that's probably never going to happen because of kind of you know society we live in but i like sustainability i i don't like a big up and a down i i just feel like that's not healthy for long term and so hopefully we can you know, something like that would actually happen. But yeah, cars hopefully. age, hopefully. Yeah, probably not. Rodman, but. Rodman PC says, this was definitely one of the best shows in the past six years. I personally love Chicago, but I just wish the convention center was closer to downtown. Yeah, I didn't, I think in the, you know, the probably what, six, seven times I've been to the Chicago National. Uh, I've been downtown, maybe two of them. And uh, it just seems that there's so, if you're, if you're there with your family, and I, you know, listen, do what you want to do, but for me, I don't have personally any interest to leave the the show area where where all the show action is. I'm going. I'm personally going there for the cards and the card people and the hobby. So, and yeah. there's enough to do. And with all the extracurricular activities that now go on with all the trade nights, uh, there's plenty to do. Like you really don't have to be. You know, you you can decide. Hey, that was a long day. I'm I'm sore. My body's sore. I'm tired. I want to get some sleep. There's a you know a lot of merit to that but if you don't want to keep on socializing and being in that card environment there's there's lots of places i think to do that right around there uh rodman goes on to say there was definitely more buying power on the floor i 3x my sales from last year so hey we've already in this case already 3x the hobby only seven more to go and uh fanatics hasn't really even taken over yet so professor enjoyed my in my 
my Instagram interview with Yager. Thank you, Professor. Also says, one influencer said Tag had the best giveaway of all the grading companies at the National. Uh, cool. I, that's cool to hear. Another Rodman comment says, is it too much to ask for the NSCC organizers to build an app and categorize categorize each booth table? It's easy to get lost and sometimes almost impossible to find stuff. I agree with that. Gem 10, G, sorry, GM 10 did a good job having their own branded maps, not only in the convention center, but at the hotels around it too. They have an app with a, they had an app with a map. Maybe enough okay. people didn't know about that, but uh, you know, big kudos to Billman, the GM 10 team for doing that. Uh, Jimmy says, question for me, if AI... If AI programming was to grade the same card five times, it would always receive the same grade. Uh, yes. Uh, well, listen, I can't speak for for AI grading by anybody else, but uh, at tag grading, the answer is yes. You can you can submit the card a hundred times, and you will as long as nothing changed about the card, uh, you will get the same grade every single time. Uh, I think I think our margin of error is within eight one thousandths of a grade. So that's uh, I mean, that's pretty pretty tight in my opinion, Dennis. Let me let me ask a question. It's a sort of off topic, but I wonder, like Super Bowl Sunday, would there be would it be? It could you? I don't know. Maybe this is a doesn't sound quite right, right? But have like a radio row of hobby content creators at the national set up, you know, branded all of that stuff, where you're sitting there with headphones on, doing live shows on location at the national talking to people i know you got camera crews walking around and, and chasing people like jeff wilson and other people are are just kind of carrying their instagram lives around and going hey but like a literal like attempt like a, like the national literally set up a section where hobby influ influencers i guess it came out of my mouth just content creators could set up like your sports card nonsense you got your you know the the sports card investor you got jeremy lee you know sports card live maybe taking stock um you know hobby with cage all these different shows would would be sitting there live and doing their shows live kind of like what the mint collective was kind of doing but just but make it more of like a a, a very purposed thing right do you think that would work does that is there no need for it i don't think there's a need because let's face it like i think that like I, again i was listening to non sports card nonsense earlier today and those guys like they did their content but they were walking the floor like you know, and I even heard Mike Geo say that next year he's hoping that he has other he that he can walk the floor more than he did even this year. So that's just one content creator. But I would not want to be tethered to a content section. I think I want to I want to be in the middle of everything. If I'm going to be set up, I want showcases and I want to be, you know, buying and selling and trading with the with with other collectors uh, in the hobby. Uh, so, you know, but. There in the past, like I don't, I forget who it was this year, but I know last year the collectible booth and the year before, I think, and also the Mint Collective, the collectible booth had like a content uh, studio where you could that was like glass in, you can go in there and, and like it was open to any content creator that wanted to go record a podcast, bring a guest, that kind of thing. Um, I forget who did it this year. I didn't go and do one, but uh, so you know you have that opportunity. I don't know if that's necessary myself, um, but maybe and maybe some some other way to get them all together or some panel discussions on the main stage. I know that the Hobby Hotline crew and the Hobby News Daily crew, HobbyNewsDaily.com, 
Uh, those guys both had time on the main stage to talk hobby with, you know, it's a small audience that sits on the chairs out there, like a very small audience considering how big this place is and how many people are there. But I think, you know, mostly people are there to, to walk and talk. So Joe Pro says Jagger was an interesting dude. I don't think I'd want to get in a bar fight with him. Nope, definitely not. Perk says, I'd like for Atlanta to get picked. Switch it up. Advice for best closest hotels to the convention center in Atlanta. Have none. Have no advice for that, Perk. Cards AH says the 2023 national marked the year that the hobby had a market correction to the norm. That's a good one. That's a good one. And the other thing I heard a lot of was that while some vendors had really high prices, they were like old prices and they would they would negotiate nicely down to more more current valuation. So okay. like I I didn't personally I mean, yes, I saw cards that I didn't want to buy because they were too expensive, but that's fine. I mean, you know, doesn't, I'm not, I don't get all bent out of shape about it. I just go on to find the cards that I can buy from people. I didn't buy a lot of cards, but you know, various reasons for that. Um, but people I talked to were getting cards and people I talked to were getting cards at prices that they were quite happy with. And again, I mean, so many people told me that they had their best show ever. So, um, I don't know if it was a buyer show. I think it was just a normal show. You know, I think it was a normal show. Like going back to the, the you know, normal yeah. as in leading up to the pandemic. Vintage is uh, very glad the convention center isn't downtown. No desire to go downtown. What's up, Jay-Z? Good to see you. Uh, have you asked Brian Gray why Leaf had a huge space that was pretty much empty the entire time? It was very odd. I did not ask him. Um, no, I did not ask him. And I don't know why, but I agree. They had a very big space that uh, that a lot of it just seemed to be wasted. They could have probably fit in another block of tables there and would have had the same impact, I, yeah. I would think. Uh, James says, I think that is what Fanatics Events is going to target, have shows at big sporting events, Super Bowl, All-Star Games, draft nights, etc. Yeah, could be, could be for sure. John says they need to push more star players opening cardboard. It's pretty much that simple. All right, I'm going to go. Oh, we're, we're close to the bottom here. Another con comment by the professor says content creators have suggested to extend Saturday hours and not to have a Sunday show day. Uh, I don't know about extending it. People get people get hungry. It, it closes at 6. Uh, it's open from, what, 10 to 6, 9.30 to 6. That's a long day for the vendors. I, I think you're going to get pushback from vendors if you extend that day. They they don't want to stay much later. And if you think about it, the trade nights extend it, you know, in a natural way anyway. And then everybody becomes a vendor. So I don't I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they get rid of Sunday either. Michael Ham says, I went live from the floor. Internet connection was good and I was able to go live from the floor. So that was nice. That's awesome, Michael, for sure. Decoy cards. Many people go for many reasons. I think following Comic-Con and having a panel area would be smart. Bring out product sneak peeks, product designers, athletes, eras. Yeah, like that's what they do at the at the Comic-Cons. They have all these breakout rooms. That's what the Mint Collective was, was was did, was trying to do. And there's something, I think there's definitely something to that. Kind of mm -hmm. have these breakout sessions. I, you know, and he's right. You know, people say many people, many people go for many reasons. I agree. People aren't just going to to look at cards. Some people are going to take in content. And uh, and I do agree with that. Look at McDavid opening a pack of hockey cards. No idea why we do not see more of this stuff. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. The professor must watch a lot of content creators because he quote he's he's letting us know what the content creators are saying. So good to have him in here to keep us kind of centered around this. As several content creators mentioned that there were more type one photos and showcases of the national this year. Uh, there was one guy named Ryan who's from Auction Report, and his booth was only type one photos, and I think it was ninety five percent Michael Jordans, and it was it was awe it was awesome, just awesome. Uh, Stukes here, Dennis says, many dealers remember the bad 1999 Atlanta National. It appeared to be more dealers than customers. That was 24 years ago. Times have changed, but memories are still there. And Travis Mater says, it was a pleasure meeting you at the show. You're a lot taller than I expected. Thank you, Travis. Business for TAG was uh, exceeded our expectations. Bobby Baseball, first time in a few years that most dealers were willing to discuss comps when buyers were looking at their key cards. So again, back to that whole thing, you know, 2023 National, might might be remembered for the time when everybody just kind of got real again after the pandemic because if you go you know it was only it was only 2021 2022 and that's it there's only those two shows that we've had since the pandemic until this one where dealers were still higher on prices than people wanted them to be so so why do you think that why do you think that sorry why do you think that changed I think because people don't want to sit on inventory. I think people, because, you know, it's almost like when you, like you, you go through a period of mourning, especially if you're into a card for more than it's worth now. Okay. You know, I'm into it for 10 grand. I'm into it for a thousand, whatever. And now it's worth 30 to 50% of what I paid. So now I've had those two other shows of still having that card. And I've, I'm almost, and I'm not me, but I'm speaking for these people and I'm, I'm purely speculating, but it's like, I've mourned that money. I've mourned the the loss in the value of those cards. So now I'm like, okay, I'm I'm now ready to move it. Maybe that's what some of them are thinking. And it's like, hey, if I want to move the card, I better take what I can get and then redeploy those funds into something else. And maybe I can buy from my PC or flip and make more money instead of sitting on something that might be depreciating. The other thing is that some, some areas of the hobby have bounced back. One in particular, Michael Jordan cards are doing very well right now. Hot as heck. Maybe hotter than they've ever been. Now, not not like, I shouldn't say hotter than they've ever been, but some, uh, you know, limited logos that were selling for 350,000. I heard I heard of one that sold for 150 in the show. I think that's more than you could have gotten a year or two ago. And I'm kind of throwing numbers out there that might have been, you know, 75,000 or something like that. So perhaps that's... I think key. I think key cards, key players are going to be sustained over over time. I think whether it's our generation or whether it's younger younger people kind of looking to those legends, I still think they're going to be fine. It's going to have to be the card, and we've talked about that a lot. So I don't want to hit that over the head anymore. But um, yeah, I think the big players like Jordan, Kobe, Gretzky, you know, they're gonna they're gonna be okay. Yeah, I I, I think so. But you know, then things move with the economy. Uh, okay, Travis Mater says, it was a pleasure meeting you. You're a lot taller than I expected. How? Oh, I think I did this one already. But Travis is uh, Mark Mater's son. Uh, Travis, was really good to meet you as well and to meet your dad in person. He's a great guy, and uh, and you seem to be too. Uh, Sam says, the best hockey pickups for me were at the National, and he goes to the Expo too. But I saw what he picked up, and there were some absolutely amazing cards. Uh, Sanderson to Orr. Just woke up from passing out from when you said you would choose the national over the expo. Well, listen, the expo is like my home show. You know, that that's kind of like that. I consider that my home show. 
but the national is just someone earlier. I, I'm sorry. I didn't get to the comment said, what is, is the national four times the size of the expo? I, I would say at least, I don't know the numbers. I think I, Oh, maybe I do. I think the, I think the expo is 130,000 square feet and the national I heard was 600,000 square feet. So what's that? 4.5 times the size of the yeah. Toronto expo, which is a big show too. Right. Rodman, what happened to the AC the first three days? It was overpowered, Rodman. It was overpowered, is uh, my understanding. Perk says, I've learned to pick my spots. There are things I don't want to miss and deals I need to make, but I'll take an afternoon off or skip a trade night to make the experience better. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, you know, you can, if your hotel is close enough, and most of them are, mine wasn't. I did, I, I was a $10 Uber away, but, you know, you can just go to your room and lie down for a couple hours, especially you know, so who was saying it earlier? Oh, it was, it was um, Rodney Card Killer. I did an IG Live with him before we started, Dennis. And he was saying that, you know, he was carrying around a 40-pound backpack. I told people, and some didn't listen to me who heard me, backpack isn't the way to go. You want one of those, like, drag-along wheelies that you pull with you because never mind your feet. If you're now also putting stress on your shoulder, your upper back, you are not going to – you're, you're going you're gonna to not like yourself at the end of the day. And that can be – that can be – five days in a row as well so wow Dwayne Tomka nice meeting you as well Dennis did you happen to pick up a massive Griffey card so Dennis wasn't there but this is something else I want you to speak to this Dennis first of all did you happen to as Dwayne asks did you happen to pick up a massive Griffey card there but can you also talk about like the FOMO aspect that, that you had and other people who didn't go to the national had and in in order to deal with with your FOMO were you looking to pick something up in the absence of being there? And do you think other people were doing the same? I, I noticed that. I mean, from the, the groups that I follow on Instagram, or the people I follow on Instagram, it seems like folks are trying to, you know, basically fill the void of not being there, not being a part of what's going on by, uh, you know, trying to find a great deal. And, and maybe there were other sellers that were out there going, hey, I'm going to take advantage of the the, the timing of the national, this is a great time to sell your cards. I personally have a bunch of cards I want to send to Pro, Probstein to sell. And I'm waiting. I was, I'm going to send them out, you know, here in the next few days. I waited till after national because I figured a lot of folks are at national buying cards, you know, not looking on eBay. So, but for those of us, I are at home and aren't there. Um, yeah, it, there was an opportunity to, to, to pick one up myself. This actually kind of came to me. And obviously we all, I think we've already talked about it. It was a, um, it was a really big Griffey card that I've been wanting to I, that have had my eye on. I think most Griffey collectors have their eyes on and that presented itself randomly on, I think Tuesday of last week, um, had a great experience, great transaction. And, but yeah, it was kind of, I kind of felt like I was participating from afar. You know, everybody was like, again, I'll go back to the, the community aspect, meeting up with people, hanging out with some of these folks that I've built relationships with over the internet the past couple of years, to me would be the most exciting part about going. But yes, you know, going there and trying to buy a card, I feel like based on what I've seen, what I've heard, it would be overwhelming trying to, I and mean, you have to literally go there going, I'm looking for Griffey. And it's easier for me because I can just say I'm looking for Griffey. And I've got a pretty good understanding of his cards and what's important. So I wouldn't go down these rabbit holes. but it's not it i would you know I, if i see you buy that card that opportunity comes and now you've spent your money and then you go there i still feel like i would go there i still would want to go there because i'd want to meet with you jeremy hang out with you hang out with cage hang out with you know filmington hang out with the you know 
you know, Brandon and, and Vadim and all, all different kinds of folks. A lot of you awesome people that I've met um, and spend that time and, and have had, you know, sort of like crystallize those, those, those um, relationships would be more exciting to me. But I, yeah, I, I think that people did. I think people, they, you know, I'm not there. I, I don't get to participate. It, like that one gentleman said on the comments, I feel like I was the only one that wasn't there based on what I've been viewing. I would, yeah, I can see why, you know, finding a really cool card or taking advantage of someone listing a really great card can make you sort of feel like you're kind of part of it. And I posted my card going, hey, I'm not the national, but I did get this card. And you know what? It's, it's pretty special. So. And the um, card you got is a card that would be anybody's like, would would have made anybody's trip to the national who who likes to collect that kind of stuff like you 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 picked up a card that would make would have been worth your trip and you didn't have to go now, i'm not saying you wouldn't have wanted to go but like you know that i'm sure a lot of people did that and then i wonder the fact that so many people were at the national did online sale were online sales hurt at all were the auctions that ended during the national did they suffer because they ended during the national and i'll tell you i wasn't I wasn't looking at all the auction platforms uh, while I was in at the national. I just right. didn't have the time or the energy to do it. I was, I was yeah. carted out by the end of the day and yeah. I didn't have the desire. So I, I don't, right. I don't know if it's a, if I think it's a, I don't know if it's a good strategy to end an auction during the national. No, no, I, I, I purposely avoided that. And, and yeah, cause I'm gonna have to move some stuff to pay for this Griffey. And, um, but I think, uh, and it's one of those, just for everybody knows, it's a, I got a 98 Skybox E2X2001 Essential Credentials Futures, um, Ken Griffey Jr. And a, out of 91 and a PSA 9. Um, pretty big card. Uh, one I never thought I'd ever get my hands on. And like, again, it's a wonderful experience with the seller. He's just a great guy. Um, great experience. Um, but I, I think it, it, and that was another thing I wanted to bring up. We talked about this pre-show. You said, okay, one of the comments you made, and I'll quote you, you can, you can, you can speak to this. There are, there are, there were, a t there were quite a few 48 leaf Jackie Robinson cards there. And if you think about some of these vintage cards, you feel like, I mean, you, you tell me if I'm right here, they're not as rare as we think they are. Is it because the nationals there and there's a lot of copies of all kinds of different cards, all being, you know, all for sale at the same time. So it makes it seem like, some of these cards and I just saw Dwayne said, yeah, I saw that card was there for, I saw that card. It was your card. You bought, it was there for like two days and it was gone. Okay. That card was even there. Right. We talk about, okay, how rare are these cards really? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. you're on, on the, like I did make that comment to you earlier about the Jackie and you know, like I, I was looking for a 33 Gaudi uh, Lou Gehrig and I did not pick one up. I didn't find the right one, but there were, several to choose from i probably saw 30 of them i probably saw 30 plus 48 leaf jackie robinson's in the room i think it's a combination I, I think really what it is is this is the national and you know a lot of them come out there was one year at the national where i held two t206 honus wagner's in my hand at the same time two of all of them i mean so does that you know should that make you think that it's not as it's not as rare no of course not but it makes you realize that the national is truly the ga a gathering of so many hobbyists. And I guess if you are somebody who has, who is a dealer, you know, that's where you want to go to sell your Jackie Robinson 48 leaf rookies, because you're going to have the most potential buyers outside right. of online in right. that room at that time. So I think they just come out 
And then when when I say, you know, it makes you realize that they're that you know, vintage isn't rare. It never has been. There's tons of 52 mantles out there, but but what is what is rare though? And this is what I, I couldn't buy. I didn't buy a 33 uh Lou Gehrig. What is rare is high eye appeal, low, low to mid grade. That is rare. You can buy, you can buy, you know, average to ugly, you know, ones, twos, threes, fours, and fives all day long at the national. There's tons of selection of that, but to find a really high quality, low to mid affordable card, and even those aren't affordable for a lot of people, uh, you know, it's it's tough. Here, Mike, just see Mike Petty says 30 in a room like that is rare. Yeah, it's a good point. Like maybe there could have been 200 of them. And I'm I'm estimating 30. Like I might have right. seen more or less. I didn't I didn't keep a tab. I wasn't, I wasn't counting. <laughs> I wasn't counting them, but Mike's right. Like yeah. That that maybe the maybe that's the way to look at it. There were only thirty in that monstrous room. Maybe yeah. they are rarer than than we think. So possible, possible. But it does make it seem like they're not as rare as you do think because they are all there. And there are some booths that just have multiples of all these cards as well. Like there's guys that'll have five forty-eight leaf jackies. They'll have four, and I'm picking numbers: fifty-two tops mantles. You know, six. Uh, Bob Gibson rookies, you know, eight Nolan Ryan's, like you know, seven Ty Cobb T two hundred sixes. Like it's just, it's it it is a bit of a museum, and by that I just mean there's so much to look at. I don't mean that whole thing like oh no, they're not for sale. The cards were more priced uh, more fairly than in the past couple of years, and if they weren't priced again, I think people were willing to negotiate at least at least some were. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Gregory says, I want to hit next year's national in Cleveland for two days. Should I hit the first two days or the last two? My gut tells my gut. Greg says the first two, because the good stuff gets picked over. If you're looking for common commodity type cards, it doesn't matter. Go when it makes sense to you. Uh, but if you want to go to get the best selection, I would say go for the first two days. Well, tell me this, Jeremy, what is it like? Is it that specific? Do you go there with that much of a, like, I want to get X card, X card. I mean, people see their wish lists. No. Is that not what you do? I don't. I go with my eyes wide open. I bought, so the reason why I only bought, bought slash cash traded for four cards the whole week was because, and I said this in my, my content leading up to the show. The thing I'm most excited about the national is, is, is learning what I'm going to buy. I didn't, I didn't go like, I'm going to buy this, 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 and that. And I know what I'm going to come home with. So I picked up a couple of cards on day two that I had no idea I would get. And that took me out of the game pretty much for the rest of the show. I was like, I was bought out. I could not, uh, I spent all my money, let's say in the, in, uh, in one transaction on day two. And so you know, had I not been there on that day, I wouldn't have got those cards. And those cards that I got, and I'll reveal them another time, are absolute ghost grail cards that I would never have seen and haven't seen the light of day for over 15 years. So, um, right. yeah. And you must feel that it must be a feeling like I know the feeling I have after getting that Griffey and a couple other cards I, I've, I've got um, going, wow, I, I'm holding something pretty special, something that matters to me, but it's like, very it's very much coveted and in demand and it's appreciated by the hobby right it's pretending potentially you know the player collectors or whoever just the card in general right um that's got to feel pretty good coming back with that right i mean that's that 
community, all that you want to talk about, but that's got to feel awesome coming back with that card, right? And that it's rare amazing. card. It's it. Yeah, that's, that's well because cool. when you like when you come out of that show with say one or two major pickups for your collection, whatever they may be, whatever the cost is, doesn't matter. Those then are the anchor memories like to a degree like yes i'm gonna remember the dinners i had and the people i talked to but i'm always going to associate the 2023 national with those two cards that i bought from that from that person and Mm -hmm. you know that's just uh i think that that's pretty pretty cool overall so i would recommend the first two days uh that's just me i'd be curious if anyone has reasons why the the you know the the last two days in the middle two days cards ah says i read a comment that auctions have picked up in the a ton in the last two days with people and dealers having more cash and less stock. That's really cool. I mean, usually we've talked about the national hangover. Uh, this might be the national after party, the cards AH is noticing and things always change. So maybe that's the fact. And that that's pretty cool. Sure. Uh, CC says just my opinion, but seemed like fewer cards posted in collectors and PWCC auctions during the national. I, I think that's probably smart because I think fewer people are on the ball uh, at that point in time. So that, that does make sense to me. Uh, professor says a comment was made that historically the national was originally for vintage dealers. Yeah, originally it probably was because originally is 1991, 92, and really everything was vintage at that point, except for, you know, the junk, the early junk wax era stuff. So that's just kind of, that kind of does make sense to me. Uh, Stuke says the Jackie Robinson booth at the back of the convention center was pretty rare to see. I didn't even see that Stuke, but I'm sure it was pretty awesome. Travis Mater says the last two days of the show are the ones to go to. If you're buying, if you're looking for bargains, that's probably better than the first two days. If you're looking for selection, I'd say the first two days. So it really depends on what you're looking for. And if it's only two days, maybe you go the first day and the last day or the second day and the last day or, yeah. or the the when the, the 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 Thursday and the Saturday might be the two best days to go cover all bases, but there there you go. Um, all right, uh, okay. I'm gonna go back to the notes here because I'm at the bottom of the con. Oh, I have a couple things started. Oh, show your slabs. This is earlier said. Got to give Michael Rubin credit. He was all over the place and seemed very engaged. He was there longer than Ken Golden, who is the quote hobby representative. So I didn't see, I saw Michael Rubin from a distance. I didn't lay eyes on Ken Golden uh, at all. I just didn't see him. I walked by and through the Golden Booth a couple times. And I kind of looked around to see if he was there. I I never saw him. I can't speak to that whatsoever, except that I didn't see him. Uh, But I did see Michael Rubin a couple times, other people from Fanatics. And uh, they were all, like when I saw them, you know, they were all smiles, talking to people, taking time, taking pictures. I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, uh, take that for what it is. And West Texas Wheels said 12-year-olds had better cards than me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna happen. That's just gonna happen sometimes for sure. Michael Ham says, I felt Friday was the busiest day for sure. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that, Michael. I, I feel like if I were if I were to kind of audit my memory, I would think the same thing. Rodman says, I wonder what the ratio between vintage versus modern card tables was. I wonder to Rodman, and I would like to see. I would. I've seen people suggest having modern in one section and and vintage in another, and kind of grouping vendors, similar vendors together. You know, there is some vendors carry a lot of different things. There is overlap, but I think that would help kind of just corral the crowd 
in, and, and be, it would be more efficient for everybody. So I think that's not a bad idea. As far as the ratio, I've always, I always come away thinking there's more vintage and that might be because of these like high priority vendors that have been doing it for so long that just yeah. have the right to the booth, but the show has grown. And so the, the what, what used to be the red carpet room is now the green carpet room, almost all, almost all modern, the new room, almost all modern, but there was like Leighton Sheldon's tables in the new room. He has vintage. He had a beautiful, a beautiful 48 leaf Jackie and a PSA six holder. That was wonderful. Um, there was vintage in the new room, but a lot of modern in the new room as well. I don't know that. I don't even want to guess what that split was, Rodman. I just don't know. Joe Pro says, saw a number of Panini Black Box 101 openings, some with good results. Did you get a sense of how people were feeling about Panini? I didn't. Um, I did not go to the Panini party. I did not have a ticket. I did not. I heard it was 15 grand in product to get in. I would never spend 15 grand on on product, so I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a ticket in, and um, I did not get that sense at all. Have you heard anything, Dennis, about what people are? No, I'm not about Panini. I feel like Tops uh, Fanatics had a really good showing. Uh, this next comment, when you talk about Gary V um, being out there and Ruben being out there putting their time in, I, I saw Gary V everywhere. Um, he was everywhere. Yeah. So he was. I did a short interview with him. I walked by the V Friends booth. They had maybe the the prettiest booth there. I mean, the a big colorful V. It was really attractive from an aesthetics perspective and was definitely going to attract uh, a lot of kids who like the V Friends product. Uh, but he was walking the show floor. I talked to him a couple of times. He's he's just always he's a happy go lucky guy. Um, yeah. He was buying some cards and uh yeah, he seemed to have a good time for sure. Uh, Professor says, Michael Rubin attended the Thursday night trade night and got a custom pair of sneakers. Great. Says, who? I don't know who won that Michael Jordan Mercedes for $23. Yeah, the way that Whatnot did their um, their $23, uh, I guess, kind of giveaway lottery sort of thing was it was free to enter. So you didn't have to pay to enter. It wasn't a, a traditional lottery. It was free to enter. But if you won... You had to pay $23 for whatever you want. So if you won the Mercedes, you had to cut a check or pull 23 bucks out of your pocket to buy <laughs> Michael Jordan's old Mercedes. Seems like a pretty good deal to me and free to yeah. enter. That's that's a, I saw I watched some content yesterday where they they totally misunderstood how that worked. Um, oh, it was actually it was AIH who I did another guy I didn't see AIH AIH sports uh, Rahul, somebody who, you know, I watch his videos every so often. I was hoping to meet him. Didn't even see him once. And I know he was there. Like, that would have been cool, you know? But uh, I heard in one in his video, he was talking about how Whatnot did a, you know, and he, he was referring to the state law, um, but he misunderstood what was happening. It wasn't an actual lottery where you had to buy. There was no buying spots. It was free to enter. So only the winner had to pay $23. Now, I don't know if that's legal or, or illegal, but the way I heard him explain it wasn't the way it actually was. Sean Red says, see much hockey. Uh, I saw lots of hockey. Not as much as I saw baseball, basketball, and football, but I saw a lot of hockey. But again, you you had to be open to it. Like, it was there, but it wasn't. Let me ask, like, let me ask this question. Tables. What was the nicest hockey card you saw there? For all your hockey crowd here. What's, what was the nicest I mean, hockey card you saw? Oh, man. There was oh, – God, I <laughs> – he just you don't know what to do with that. I question. mean, I don't remember. <laughs> it's all it's all a blur, dude. It's all a blur. 
for me right now. I'll tell you, I only took one picture of one card in a showcase, and yeah. that was a Bronco Nagurski card that I thought was like just ab- – here, I found it right here. I took a picture of this card. It's an SG3, SGC3 Bronco Nagurski from 38? Yeah. Oh, 35, National Chickle. And this this thing was like absolutely gorgeous. The price tag on it is $35,000. So about 30, 30 grand more than I could have afforded to pay. <laughs> Same here. Right? Absolutely gorgeous. And like, I just took a picture of it because I don't think I'd seen one so nice. And it's in a three holder. Probably has a crease or something, but I don't care. It was awesome. It was awesome. Nice. Uh, Mookie says, Jeremy, was there anyone or anything that surprised you at this year's national? The thing that surprised me the most was it was just a, it was just like a good vibes show. It was a good vibes show all around from, from at least in my experience, like, you know, I shook hands with some people that I've, that I've had. And again, listening to AIH's video today, he said, he said he shook hands with people. I think he used the word beef. He said, yeah, I shook hands with, with, uh, with Cade's lawyer, you know, we've had beef, but you know, you can shake hands. Like I shook hands with some people that I've had beef with before. And that's the nice thing is that when you meet somebody in person, you know, anything, it just kind of, it's just an important, I think it's an important, uh, it's just something important to do so that, yeah, we can disagree on, on the internet, but at the end of the day, we do have this cardboard thing in common. And I think that that's, that's important. And we can find some, some commonality to at least not want to punch each other in the face. (laughs) So, um, Michael says AIH was there one day for a few hours. Well, that might explain why I didn't see him. Brendan Ryan says, do you think an app for dealers with all their inventory price would make the prices more streamlined? Say dealer codes, t-shirts with dealers codes. I don't know. You're not, would make the process more streamlined. Yeah, I think it might, but I don't know that people are going to be on an app. People like I wouldn't honestly I, I referred to the GM10 app a couple times for the map. Otherwise, I'm looking in showcases. I want to be surprised personally, but that's just me. A lot of people are going with a, with a list of cards they want, and I think that would be very beneficial for them, Brendan. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm trying to think outside myself, outside my own shoes there. Uh, Jimmy says, would love to see video spotlighting what a dealer goes through for the full five days, tracking everything from setting up to, to earnings. Would you ever consider doing something like that? Um, I, so I wasn't set up there, but would I consider it? If I had a camera crew, I would not be able to do that myself too much going on for me to actually video. I did very little to no content. I did that interview with Gary V the interview with, uh, with Yarmer Yager. I think that's all the content I did at the show. I don't have a bunch waiting to come. I, and people ask me, are you doing content? Are you doing content? No, like, oh, and I did an interview at the REA booth to, to showcase their auction, but I, uh, yeah, I don't go to the shows to do content. There's enough guys that do that. I stick to what I do for content. And, um, I think that's, you know, I think that's okay. It's what I, so I can enjoy the show. Sorry. Were you going to jump in Dennis? No, no, I I don't have a whole lot to say on this episode. So I'm just listening and observing with the, just like you. Well, and feel free, please to, you know, call out any comments that are coming, but we're, we're, we're staying on time with the comments here. Uh, Brendan Ryan heard complaints about prices on stuff. Yeah, you'll hear complaints about prices on stuff in every industry, in every era, not just at the at the national. That's just something to understand, everybody. People have been complaining about prices at card shows for decades. 
It's not new. It's not new. And I would say that this year it was reversed. There were so many, so much. I wouldn't say reversed. I would say the complaining was was so much lower than in the past. People okay. were that I talked to and saw were, I mean, if, if all these vendors I talked to had their best show ever, people must've been buying. So yeah, you're always gonna have people complaining about prices. And there were some people who were overpriced. Tom Harrison says, I saw you ran into James Kehoe, the CGC sports illustrated guy. What a guy. He, yeah, I did see James. I've had him on, on my shows before. Uh, James is an awesome guy. One of my, one of my favorite guys in the hobby. Professor says you could enter the whatnot Jordan Mercedes Remotely, yeah, you didn't have to be there to enter that. That's true. Fire says, Jeremy Slide, the National wanted to say hi, but noticed you were busy and didn't want to interrupt. I, I wish you did. I mean, I appreciate that, Fire Sports Cards. Um, I'm sorry that it didn't work out, and uh, hopefully next time, for sure. Zach says, it looked like, to me, that there was some strong innovation in card display and installation. The PMG Red Wall that Show Your Slabs put together looked great. Yeah, I mean... The corporate vendors are getting their, their activations are becoming more and more sophisticated and interactive, uh, crowd drawing, all that. So, you know, the hobby is growing and growing up and evolving in that way, I think for sure. Dwayne says the CC2 trade night, so that's Card Collector 2 and uh, Kentucky Roadshow, was very cool with the ability to QR code what you have and then anyone could scan it and see what was there. So I, I'm, I didn't see that but it sounds like a bit of work and line waiting, but I have no idea. Andrew, what are your guys' thoughts on Fanatics planning to have live shows starting in 2024? I mean, thoughts are, my thoughts, Andrew, are, I want to see it. I don't know what they're planning to do. I don't know how they're planning to roll out Fanatics uh, events, but listen, I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to do it well because I feel that they will. And I, I, that's my thought. Until I see it, I can't I can't assess it. So I have no thoughts other than I look forward to seeing it. How about you, Dennis? I look forward to seeing anything that can be closer to where I am. I'm I'm stuck up here in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm it's everything is as far away as possible, hobby wise. And most most folks live um, towards the middle of the country and the East Coast, Northeast. I get it. Most a lot of dealers are there and all that. So it, that's why Nashville's there. But to have some shows in Las Vegas, L.A. Um, even Seattle would be amazing. I don't know if they'll have a Seattle show, but even closer to me would be awesome. So I welcome it. For sure. Yeah. Zach says, watch some YouTube lives. We were making jokes how miserable everyone was. Yeah, it was hot for the first two days. Uh, it was hot and it was crowded. I'm sure it was fun, but still fun to make fun of you all from my nice, cool air conditioner. Yeah, Zach, we were very, we being everyone at the show on those two days that were ridiculously hot in there. Uh, yeah, you had every right, and I'm sure to, to make fun of us because we were like cattle in there and it was hot and crowded. And people were wearing towels on their bald head. I was, and I'm not, you know, but people were wearing towels over their heads to absorb the sweat. It was it, it was hot and uncomfortable, but I'd still rather be there than not personally. And uh, you know, it was still it was still a lot of fun. Uh Professor, internet wasn't that spotty. It wasn't perfect, but it wasn't that spotty at, at the Chicago uh venue this week vintage would like to see categories clustered together me too that's something i would like to see as well decoy card says would it be beneficial to group deal yeah i think it would be beneficial for that decoy thank you tom harrison 
Uh, Michael Ham says next year, the national page and or vendors event need to be in one place with all timelines and lineups. It was difficult to know when and where to be for vendor events. Yeah. I think an, an events calendar on top of just the show hours, like when you get your badge, you know, on the lanyard, it shows you, it tells you the hours of the show, but there's so many extracurricular activities and even events going on during the show that if every vendor and corporate sponsor were to like submit their calendar to some central organizer who could then, who could then disseminate it out there in some digestible format, I think that would be really helpful. And I think you're going to see that from kind of like some, some third party apps, maybe a GM 10 or somebody else is going to, is going to do that next year. Hopefully they do. Definitely. Uh, Hockey cards plus try living in Michigan's upper peninsula, Pacific Northwest, probably the same. I think he's talking about the climate. Professor, oh, he's, said, actually, well, he's actually talking about the, the upper look. The upper peninsula is actually pretty isolated. You got all time hockey, though. If you guys don't follow him on Instagram, all time hockey, um, forget Fitch, I think is his name. Guy's hilarious. He's really cool. Big hockey guy, but he makes all these different kinds of foods and lives out of his van. It's a, it's a great IG follow if you don't know who he is. But yeah, that's why I know about the upper peninsula is because I guess he's from there. But no, right that's all. They're all pretty isolated. Yeah. Professor says, is having dealers vote for the next cities for the national fair? Should attendees have some input? Yeah, I, I saw somebody mention that. I don't remember who. Maybe Ryan Breakout said that. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if what's fair. I just don't know what is fair. Who should have a vote? Uh, because the vendors are most likely going to go. Attendees aren't as likely to go and travel. There's fewer attendees that are going to vote in Chicago. How would you vote? Who's going to vote? Are you going to vote? Are you going to go? I don't know. I don't know if that's really uh, just as, as, um, as, as fair because it could all, you know, if you don't know who's voting, uh, it could also be manipulated. So I don't know about that. But again, I'm not saying the current solution is the right one either. I just, I just, I was hearing most, I was hearing most of the the vendors and dealers are located in the Midwest, Northeast and East coast. And they're not going to drive all the way to Las Vegas or LA. It's going to be harder for them to get there. That's why it's always, you know, Midwest or, or East, East coast, South. Michael Ham says I showered twice every day and three times the night it stormed. Yes. (laughs) The weather turned, it was, it was extremely comfortable in there on uh, Saturday and Sunday. And I forget if Friday was a comfortable day or not. Uh, Maybe it was. Uh, Perk says, anytime you go somewhere for five days, it's not going to go perfectly. I have my gripes with PSA for jerking me around this show, but overall, what a great hobby experience. Uh, Can't really speak much of that, Perk. Don't know what happened with PSA, but I mean, I, you know, I, I I saw their booth. They were, they were busy and, uh, and they were smiling like all the PSA, all their cut, they had a big staff there. And, I walk. I had. To, I walked by there several times, and uh, they were. They seemed all to be in a good mood and happy. And um, but hey, you know, when you're serving that many people, you're gonna have some unhappy customers for sure. Uh, Mookie says the big rumor from the Nash this year's national was again another one. Like I didn't really hear any rumors. I didn't hear. I can't think of. I I can't think of any rumor, Mookie, that I heard. Oh well, the only rumor. I heard that I just no no wasn't. I heard that the I heard that Fanatics was going to buy the National. I heard someone say that, and then I I spoke to the people that run the thing and asked them, and they said not going to happen. So I don't think that I do not think now 
Why would they tell me the truth? Why would they tell me what's going on behind closed doors? They probably wouldn't. So I can only go by what I was told. And I was told that, that is qu quite simply not happening. So also that the national isn't for sale. The national itself is not a for-profit event. The national is a nonprofit. It's the management of the national that charges a fee to do it. Now, I don't know how that all works, but, you know, so, and definitely, you know, do more research on that because I'm not, I don't, that, that's what I was told by people in the know, but I don't know how that works my, myself. Uh, Joe Bro, shout out to Michael Tam for his tour of the floor video. Really helped me appreciate the cards themselves as if I was actually there. That's an awesome uh, piece of content. I thought about doing that, like just filming my walk through the floor, but I got stopped so many times that I would have, I just couldn't have, couldn't have done it and not uh, not doing it. Not not I couldn't have done it properly. JG says the national is making bank. I don't know. I mean, the national is well. Anyway, I'll, I can't. I just can't speak to it. Mookie, you filled in the blank. <laughs> I'll try to stop stumping you. Thanks, Mookie. I appreciate. It. I got I got you one time there. Uh, Perk says PSA was a personal experience. They misplaced my order and kept asking me to come back. Just prevent. Yeah, that's gonna happen. I feel bad for you, Perk. You know that you, you don't want that to happen, but it's gonna happen once in a while. And uh, I, I at the end of the day, I certainly hope you got your stuff back. I, I got it. I'm sure. I, I, I hope you did. Did you? And I like to think that you would have. That's not fun, but it's going to happen. And hopefully it didn't ruin, ruin your time too, too badly. Uh, that's for sure. One thing I wanted to mention was, um, you know, going into the show, I did, I did, uh, I did, I talked about, you know, how one of the, the things that I, one of my advice to show goers is if you're gonna, you know, don't wait to buy the card you want. Like if you see it, buy it because it might not be there when you get back. And I think that that held up this time. I know it, it worked It worked for me. And I think it worked I for some other people who heard about a card and it wasn't there when they wanted to buy it. I think that that advice held held up for this, for this show. The other thing that I hear people saying is, and someone else did a post on Instagram. I forget who it was, but they said, whoever said that if it, if it exists, if it exists, you'll find it at the national. And then they want to say that's the most asinine comment ever. And I can say it certainly is the most asinine comment ever. There are lots of things you are not going to find. Don't think you'll find anything you want at the national. You you won't. There are tons of cards that are not there. Um, and it's, it's just the way it is. But you will find more there than you will find at any other physical gathering on the planet. So take that for what it's worth right there. A question for you, Dennis, from Mookie. Who made the best national content? Who were you watching? Uh, I actually listened to NEO, our NEO, uh, Northeast Ohio Sports. He walked through the his day and recapped it every day. And, you know, I mean, obviously he's not in front of a camera and he's got pointing at some. He walked through some cards and I liked his his breakdown of the of the whole. I, I, my buddy Filmington kind of turned me on to him. I, I'm late to the party with NEO, um, but I I appreciated his. He He was very thorough. But, yeah, that's. That was probably my favorite. And I know Joe Perot in the chat, he watched a bunch of content too. So he's got, he might have a good answer for that as well. Uh, Professor, based on Dennis's comment about future cities for the national, looks like Atlanta may not have a chance. Um, I mean, I don't think Dennis has any intelligence on that. I mean, sorry, any intel, like not Dennis doesn't know, but 
I think Atlanta is one of those cities being, it's Atlanta, it's Atlantic City, and it's Chicago for 2025, right? So we'll see which city wins. I think Chicago is going to win that vote personally, and we're going to have three years in a row in Atlanta, in Chicago. I'm perfectly fine with that myself. Chicago is easy to get to from most places. This, the, it's not my favorite building, but the overall, uh, like the overall area that the show is in is my favorite because you've just got so many hotels and restaurants right around it that it makes it a, a, a really nice place to be. So uh, Cousins Collectibles in the house. It was great to see these guys in person. And they were partially, you know, they're part of the Wolfpack running that, what is now I think is going to be an annual event. It says it wasn't us. We were too wrapped up in the national to make content. Yeah, me too, fellas. Me too. Mookie says Cousin Oz was too busy moonwalking. I saw that. I saw him dancing. I wasn't there for that. I left too soon for that, but I saw that. And uh, yeah, those guys are the best. Check out Cousins Collectibles podcast, everybody, for sure. If you are not already, Andrew says, what were the biggest differences between this year's national and 2022? From me, from my perspective, it was the fair prices. It was people just willing to sell at more reasonable valuations. I don't want to say comps because I personally don't hold myself accountable. That's just one time. But I think, you know, people were more vendors were more willing to 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 do cash trades from people I spoke to. They were willing to just sell lower than they were in 2022. I think that was the biggest difference that, that I personally noticed and that what I heard from talking to other people. Joe Perot says, I really appreciate the card ladder drops. Stiff arm wax always brings high quality, high production quality, and it features it some great personalities and cards in short drops, just collectors talking about their cards. Yeah. So I was in one of those uh, videos and I didn't know what, what it was going to be. And then I started seeing them dropping them. And it's, you know, these short five minute videos. So that was definitely um, something to check out to check out the card ladder uh, content drops were, were great. Yeah, I agree, and- Joe. That's, that's something I actually enjoyed too. It was uh, very high production quality. Enjoyed the content. Good, uh, good point. Cousins Collectibles says he agrees. Pricing was a lot more flexible and reasonable compared to 2022. So there's another person uh, putting their vote uh, that way. As well, I mean, we had we had record-breaking square footage. We had record-breaking attendance. I mean, it was you know, there wasn't a lot of drama. There wasn't a lot of newsworthy events. I don't know of any company that made a big, like what companies made a big splash there from an announcement. ComC dropped their app like a couple days before, and they also dropped the captcha when you log into their site. So. Uh, that was that was kind of good, I guess. Uh, I I was logging in uh, less because of that, so they dropped that. But I didn't I didn't really hear any major announcements. I remember the 2021 national when Ken Golden announced there was going to be a Netflix series. That was big news back then. And then right after, you had the Fanatics announcement of of the licenses. So, uh, but I didn't hear of any drama. Oh, the biggest drama I heard was that one guy who someone got a picture of selling fake PSA 10 Jordans for $3,000. That was the, the, I didn't hear of anyone getting cards stolen. Not saying it didn't happen. I'm sure it did, but I didn't hear, you know, usually I've, I've seen at least one kind of stampede of people chasing some guy. Like you'll, all of a sudden there'll be a big kerfuffle and you'll see people running. I didn't see any of that this year. I didn't hear personally hear any accounts of anybody having cards stolen. So that's good. 
No real drama. I saw reverse drama. I saw a lot of handshakes between people who you think are adversaries in, in the content world. But I saw a lot of those. I saw a lot of a lot of handshakes at that point in time. So um, that's interesting. I guess the lack of that. I'll go through some more comments, guys. We'll wrap up in about 10 minutes here. We're at the hour 32 mark. So uh, Zach Searcy, I saw your IG live with Card Killer. We're card artists. A hit at the National. Uh, I can't really speak to that, Zach. I I saw a few walking around, but I didn't necessarily see a bunch of card artist tables. I might have missed that section if there was one. So I'm sorry, but I can't really answer that. Next question from Zach. Never been to a national, but it seems like some want the national in other parts of the country. But the show seems content to be in that part. Yeah, I mean, of course, we're not all, not everyone's going to agree on this. My personal thoughts are Chicago every year. Then people say, well, if it's truly the national, make it national. I don't subscribe to that. That's just a brand. It's just a name of the show. Ah, change the name then and call it the Chicago. I don't care. I'd be happy with it there because it's just the most convenient, I think, to the most people. Atlantic City's like, I, I'm not going to go if, if it's in Atlantic City. Not, not because I don't want to be there, but because it's just too much of a hassle. The travel is too much of a hassle. You can't fly into the city where the show is that you know, it's great for everyone that can drive in the Northeast, but if you have to fly, uh, not quite as convenient. Uh, another another content suggestion from the professor, Mojo Sports. YouTube did a great walkthrough of the National. Also, Mike Moynihan, baseball collector, who is an alumnus of Sports Cards Live number 103. Thank you, Professor. Yeah, Mike always does a great job recapping uh, his National and his card show experiences. Frankie says, prices were definitely better. I ended up with way more cards than intended, Right. Ace Card Grading says, love all the trade nights going on. It was nonstop. I heard about that too. Only attended one, but I mean, I saw some in hotels. Old School says, uh, Beckett was pretty quiet. I heard they were busy at their booth. They had Dr. Beckett there uh, for a meet and greet. I saw a card porn kind of promote that on Instagram. So, um, but I didn't, like the Beckett booth was way at the back. They had a way bigger area, but they were way at the back. Maybe not the best location uh, for Beckett this year. Vintage card collectors, I spoke with a few dealers who said theft was bad. Groups of three to four people working in tandem. Yeah, I didn't hear any of that vintage, so I'm sorry to hear that. But again, I, you, know, you have to expect it, but that, that sucks. That definitely sucks. Michael Lamb says card artists were around, but were hard to find. Fair enough. And Perk says, one nice surprise was my experience with Arena Club. Didn't expect to visit them, but super nice staff, and they were thankful that I created a nice card with them. And, and they had, they had um, Derek Jeter at their booth, which is, uh, yeah. which was definitely attention was grabbing cool. for sure. So that was cool. All right. That's the end of the comments. So, uh, that's great. Um, we'll, we'll wrap up Dennis. Any, anything else you wanted to mention, talk about comments observations? No, it seemed like, uh, my takeaways are that, you know, the, the national was a positive all around experience. Prices have come back to more of a normalized level. Dealers are being more, um, you know, they're, they're willing to work with, with buyers. Um, it, it was hot. Um, there's, I mean, the hobby's alive and well. I, I feel really confident in the space. I, I, I feel great to be a collector in this. The hobby community seems wonderful. I mean, yeah, you say hobby beefs don't exist in person. They only exist on the internet. I mean, that sounds like it's very true. Um, once you all get together and you see each other in person, it's, just, it's a great way to, you know, mend the fences and just remember we're all about collecting together and, 
um, put all put all those differences aside, and and it seems like people, you know, the community just keeps growing closer and closer. Um, no, I'm I'm very 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 excited to attend uh, the national next year. Yeah, I can't wait to to see you there. Professor says, were you expecting Beckett to make a follow up to their failed Mint Collective grading rollout? Uh, I wasn't. I think the best thing Beckett can do right now, and this is just my thought, I think the best thing they can do right now is focus on their core competency, which is grading, which and and focus on their their subgrades and their yeah. grading scale as it stands, and focus on their their customers and uh, and kind of stay a little quiet. That might be the right thing, kind of get a few get your, get, get get your a house year. in order. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Get, get the house in order. Get a year of operating under their belts, and I think I, I hopefully they learn from a couple of failed rollouts uh, how to roll so, out, out a big change and just plan it better next time. You know, consult with 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 more people, that sort of thing. Vintage okay. card collections, great cards, great people, great memories, great comment. Vintage, great comment. Rick Hawkins, thank you so much. Andrew says, "What is the Cleveland National like? Is it similar to Chicago? Not really." It's one rectangle. At least it was when I was there. It is one rectangle, whereas the Chicago National is several. Well, it's like one, two, three. It's like five or six areas. And they're not like they're just it's it's hard to navigate. It's not like you can walk up and down the aisles and see the whole show. At the Toronto Expo, you can literally walk up an aisle down, up, down, and make sure you've seen everything in Chicago. It's staggered. It's it's It feels unorganized the way the tables are laid out. And so you don't know where you've been. Like it, it's just okay. really hard to cover the whole show floor in any logical pattern. Uh, the the Cleveland National it's a it's a high, higher ceilings, way brighter, way brighter. Nash natural light shining through this the roof. Um, right. It's an it's a I I love that I love that venue. Love the venue, but it's not walking distance to restaurants or or, or hotels. So it's a lot of you know car rentals. Ubers, taxis, that sort of thing. So it. it'll be interesting how the trade nights kind of work themselves out. Where will they be? Because you're not walking out from outside the convention center across the street or or through the tunnels to the trade nights. You literally have to tra- have to have transportation. So that's going to be interesting to see. And who knows? Maybe that'll eventually take Cleveland out of the circuit. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Mookie says, I said earlier, the Chicago National layout looked like a level from the old Zelda game on Nintendo. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Exactly. You, it's like Zelda, Metroid, all those old games that I was playing. Really hard to really hard to navigate. Uh, extremely hard. Decoy says, maybe the organizers should just take over an abandoned mall, plenty of space, and empty stores to set up trade nights and dealer booths. Michael Ham says, this was a giant horseshoe. Took me a day and a half to figure it out. Hanging signage was pretty much non-existent. Yeah, it was hard to find. You couldn't really even look up and see where the what, what aisle you were in. And booth numbers were extremely hard to find. Jimmy says the Fanatics wants to 10x the hobby. They should give people free boxes at sporting events. Yeah, let them know, Jimmy. That's that's definitely one idea to to make the hot. I don't and I don't disagree. I mean, give them give them packs, give them something. And you got maybe they will. You got to think that they're going to be giving out a lot of product for free. To do that. that that might be the best idea jimmy and that might be the one that they use the most who knows we'll we'll see all right you doing all right 
I'm doing all right. I'm doing all... the hobby's bigger than you think. You I think that's you, you need a drink of water, my friend. There are tea. there are there's lots of people that don't go to the national. You know, I don't know what percentage of people in the hobby do go, but I think it's small. I think it's like maximum five percent. It's probably even less that actually make it there. Uh, you know, we had a hundred over a hundred thousand people. I think by Saturday it broke the record. Like by Saturday, I heard. So that's a great cool. sign. That's a great sign, man. Those are all wonderful things to think. The fact that most of us aren't there and you have that many people there, that much engagement. That's a really, really good sign. Hobby's in great shape. What, a, what a great community. So many kids. It was so busy. So many people having fun, like smiling faces everywhere. It was, it was a good vibes show good. overall. Of course, there were negative experiences. People had bad experiences and for specific reasons here and there, but overall, good vibes. I didn't talk to anybody that didn't have a great time. No, even, even despite, despite the heat in the room on those two days, I didn't talk to anybody who at the end of the show was still complaining. Like that's good. news. I I walked a lot. I walked, I covered that show floor and uh, some people I saw three or four times and several I saw zero times. And I hope that's not the case next year. And I think it'll be a bit more manageable, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys. Well, yeah, very much appreciate the breakdown from you and from all those in the in the comments. Thank you for all of your your input and and sharing your experiences. It's it's great for folks like me to learn what to look forward to next year. What's 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 awaiting us if we're going to attend our first or maybe second to head back to the national. Um, Yeah, it was a very value filled episode. A lot of great stuff. Well, hopefully, hopefully. I know we all don't agree on everything, and that's okay. But uh, we all have different experiences in the hobby, and we all have different experiences um, at the card shows. So last comment, Travis says, would you ever set up? I I set up the National between like 2011 and 2016 or 17. So, yes, I've set up several times, and I would. it's just hard for me to bring, because I'm in Canada, to bring my inventory over the border. It's just tough. So I just prefer to, uh, to not. Really, thank you, Michael Ham. Thank you for for your engagement. Thanks everybody in the chat for your engagement tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed this and uh, got a little glimpse. If you weren't at the national, if you were, you got to hear another perspective and from everybody in the chat. Thank you for sharing your experiences and observations, Dennis. Thank you for co-piloting with me tonight. Appreciate you as always. Thank you, Dwayne Tomka. It was good to meet you at the show. Everybody else. And uh, with that, thank you, Mookie. Thank you. Wish I got to meet Mookie at the show. I mean, so many people I just didn't didn't get to see for whatever Next reason. Year. So. Next year. Next year. All right, everybody. With that, this episode of Taking Stock is now over. Good night, gentlemen. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.